Wednesday, February the 17th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Suchi is charged and mining firms cash out. First, the world in brief. Myanmar's army filed a new charge against Aung San Suu Kyi, the leader of the country's democratically elected government, who was ousted in a coup two weeks ago at a virtual trial held in secret. She supposedly violated the country's national disaster law. This new accusation comes on top of an obscure charge for having imported walkie-talkies illegally. Two pro-democracy activists in Hong Kong pleaded guilty to charges related to protests in August 2019 against increased control of the Chinese territory by the government in Beijing. Seven more, including Jimmy Lai and newspaper tycoon, pleaded not guilty. All nine faced charges for organising and taking part in an unauthorised assembly. Each charge carries a maximum sentence of five years. A Dutch court struck down a nationwide curfew imposed in January to battle COVID-19, ruling that the situation did not justify such restrictions on freedom of movement. Mark Rutter, the Netherlands' Prime Minister, encouraged people to still abide by the restrictions, describing them as simply necessary. The curfew led to mass protests in late January. Mining firms are choosing to return cash to shareholders rather than gamble it on new projects designed to increase output. BHP, the world's largest miner, announced a bumper interim dividend of $5.1 billion after profits reached a seven-year high thanks to soaring iron ore prices. Meanwhile, Glencore, another mining firm, said it would make a dividend payment worth $1.6 billion. Italy attracted more than 110 billion euros, $133 billion in orders for the sale of a 10-year government bond. The offering is the first since Mario Draghi became Prime Minister raising investors' hopes that the former boss of the European Central Bank can fix Italy's COVID-stricken economy. Yields on 10-year bonds fell to a record low after Mr Draghi was asked to form a government last week. President Emmanuel Macron announced that he has no immediate plans to withdraw French soldiers from the Sahel after meeting virtually with leaders from five countries in the region. France currently has more than 5,000 troops deployed to fight jihadist insurgents in Africa. Mr Macron hopes to involve more Europeans in this effort and to improve local military capacity. And Benny Thompson, a Democratic congressman from Mississippi, accused Donald Trump, along with his former personal lawyer, and two right-wing groups of conspiring to disenfranchise millions of black voters by preventing Congress from certifying election results on January 6th. A lawsuit brought by the NAACP on behalf of Mr Thompson argues that they violated the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. And now, here's today's agenda. Reflation Rumble. America's Economy. The minutes of the Federal Reserve's January meeting will be released today amid a lively debate about America's economy. Many forecasters are bullish that vaccines and fiscal stimulus will soon cause a boom. Goldman Sachs, a bank, expects GDP to grow at 7.7% in a year to the final quarter of 2021. Some prominent economists are warning about overheating. Yet the Fed has been more circumspect. Last week, Jerome Powell, its chairman, noted that among the lowest paid quarter of workers, employment was down by 17% from its pre-pandemic level. The Fed has promised not to raise interest rates until the labour market has fully recovered and inflation is at least hitting its target of 2%, with a reasonable expectation that it will stay moderately above that goal for some time. The idea is to allow prices to make up for lost ground. But there is disagreement as to exactly how much overshooting to expect. 
Super Mario to the rescue? Italy's new government. Today Mario Draghi steps into the gladiatorial arena of Italy's parliament for the first time as a combatant. Italy's new prime minister has lured all but one of the main parties into his government, so there is no danger of his being given the thumbs down in the confidence votes scheduled in the Senate today and the lower house tomorrow. Attention will be focused on the programme he will set out in speeches to both chambers. It is expected to be chunky. His government must deal with the pandemic and submit an acceptable plan for Italy's economic recovery to the EU. Mr Draghi has already signalled that he hopes to jumpstart reforms that will enable Italy's 200 billion euro, 242 billion dollar share of the bloc's recovery funds to be spent efficiently. The biggest doubt hanging over the former European Central Bank president is whether he can hold together a diverse coalition of parties all pulling in different directions. Enemy within. Myanmar's army cracks down. Today, hundreds of thousands of Burmese will flood the streets of Myanmar, as they have every day for the past week and a half, to protest against the military coup on February 1st. They want the generals to release Aung San Suu Kyi, the civilian leader who remains under house arrest, accused of improperly importing walkie-talkies, and now of breaking COVID-19 regulations. Her real crime? Her party, the National League for Democracy, won last November's election in a landslide. The army, which claims widespread fraud, promises to hold a new vote after a year-long state of emergency. People are not buying it. Civil servant strikes have brought some government functions to a grinding halt. The army has arrested more than 400 people and given itself sweeping powers to detain suspects and search private property. Armoured vehicles and troops now patrol the streets, armed with water cannons, tear gas and rubber bullets. Such intimidation tactics seem unlikely to deter protesters. Hard to suppress. Ebola returns. Neither Guinea nor the Democratic Republic of Congo are strangers to Ebola. The world's worst outbreak started in Guinea in 2013 and killed 11,000 in West Africa over three years. Congo suffered the second worst two years later. Now the virus has returned to both countries. Guinea declared an outbreak on February 14th after a nurse died and six people who attended her funeral reported Ebola-like symptoms. Vaccines are on their way, but there are worries about contagion. The town where she was buried is worryingly close to the borders with Liberia and Ivory Coast. In Congo, four infections have been confirmed this month. Health workers are hastily issuing 8,000 doses of a vaccine left behind after the last outbreak, which only ended last November. Both countries have plenty of expertise with the disease, learned through bitter experience. With luck, they can move quickly enough to contain the virus. Mixed reviews. The EU's trade policy. European policymakers insist that their objective is open strategic autonomy, whatever that means. It certainly smacks of ambition, but does not explain what the European Union will do when openness and autonomy conflict. Today, Valdis Dombrovskis, the EU Trade Commissioner, will try to clarify when he unveils the results of the EU's trade policy review, which started in June. As to openness, the EU recently agreed an investment deal with China that includes commitments to keep markets open. Its push for more autonomy involves new policies to defend against the effects of foreign Chinese subsidies and tougher enforcement of existing ones. The EU will also develop rules to weed out human rights abuses along international supply chains by introducing mandatory due diligence for companies. One draft of the review reportedly goes further by suggesting a block on imports made with forced Uyghur labour. 
the Chinese and everyone else could be forgiven for remaining a little confused. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Heinrich Heine, who died on this day in 1856. Experience is a good school, but the fees are high. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.